So uh, just just uh, on the tales of what Todd was mentioning there, this Thursday night is very, very important. And uh, in terms of a Christ Church United congregation meeting, community meeting together, and uh, so it's Christ Church Monroe, North Shore, Kirkland, all together. This is a state of the union, if you will. This is a very, very important meeting. Dennis Peacock is at, uh, Dennis Peacock being our apostolic uh, oversight for Kingdom Ministries International, which is the network of churches that we're a part of worldwide. And uh, he is at Kirkland this morning. And he is preaching there, and the title of his message is uh, The Defining Moment That Will Change Your Life Forever. Basically, how you... Yeah, just a small little thing. Um, But uh, he's just talking about this moment that we are in right now. How we respond to God in this time. And I know some of you are... A little bit newer to uh, this gathering, and so you may not understand what I'm talking about, but there's a lot of backstory that I don't have time to go into right now. But this moment that we're in, how we respond to the Lord at this is going to determine uh, a great deal for the rest of our lives. Um, and uh, they had a defining moment on these grounds 20-something years ago. Uh, as well, 30 years ago, uh, here at Christchurch Northgate, and how they responded to all that, and that was a, another defining moment. And so we find ourselves in that today, and uh, so that's very, very important. And so I would encourage you keep your your eyes focused on Jesus, keep your ears tuned in to the Holy Spirit. There are all kinds of things swirling around right now. The rumor mill, all the rest. Just keep focused on Him and you'll be good to go. And uh, anyway, that will be very important that everyone is there for that meeting on Thursday night, 7 o'clock. And that's at Kirkland. But until that time, we are going to jump into the Gospel of Luke once again. And we're going to uh, hit verse 12 through 39. We'll finally be finishing up chapter 5. As we've said, we're going to stay in the whatever process the Holy Spirit has us in in these different portions of Scripture as we're going through the Gospel of Luke. And we'll keep staying in it until it's finished with us. The Word of God has its way with us. The Word of God is very clear that it is alive. It is active. It is living. And it works in us and through us. And so we're going to let Jesus have His way in us through His Word. He is the Word. He's the way, the truth, and the life. It's Sometimes we look at these things as inanimate objects. You know, the Word or whatever. But it's actually a person. It's the person of Jesus Christ. And uh, so, um, we're going to pray together as we jump in. Lord, we again acknowledge, as we always do, Holy Spirit, our great, great dependency upon you for revelation. In other words, we can't see unless you enable us to see. And you have livened our spirits, you've regenerated our spirits to be able to receive from your word. But we're asking for right now in time and space that you would open up the Scriptures. Jesus, just as you did with the disciples when you just said, "Um, I'm going to open up the Scriptures now to you. And he went through from Moses 
Moses all the way through uh, the prophets and, and help them. And it, it, boom, it just the, the lights went on and they were able to see what they couldn't see prior. There was a connecting of the dots. Do that for us this morning. Connect it to the very core of our lives in Jesus' name. So, Jesus, end of chapter 4, is going about pre- in the region preaching what he claims is now good news. Why is he claiming good news? The good news of the gospel of the kingdom. Because before, it wasn't so good news. It was kind of bad news. When you proclaim and declare something is now good, what you're saying is that before, it wasn't good. In other words, the, the, this is really good news. It's not that God changed, it's just that His plan, there was an old and now there's a new. And so He's making all things new through Himself. Jesus is going to bring a new way of living by grace, by love. We're witnessing the clash of two covenants, two mindsets, two ways of doing things. Two ways of running house, to, um, keeping house, running the business. Uh, two ways, and they're going to clash together. Here in verse 12, could not find my Bible anywhere. I looked everywhere. So I went from big, huge Bible that I could see very well to little, teeny, weeny Bible. But it's still the Word of God, and it's still powerful. No, I'm good, Mom. Thanks. I'm... So verse 12 In one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. When the man saw Jesus, he fell to the ground, face down in the dust, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, if you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean. So Jesus, say this with me right here, look up at the screen. So Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. So Jesus instructed him not to tell anyone what, tell, um, anyone what had happened. He said, go right to the priest and tell him, let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. So everyone will have proof of your healing. Yet despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster and vast crowds came to hear him preach to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. There he is again, retreating away, solitude, not isolation, but solitude to regroup with Father, to be filled. But this is, this is really interesting here, this portion about the leper. And this is, represents, the leper represents the unreached, the untouched. I want to, um, I'm going to warn you, John's going to put up some pictures for me. These pictures are very graphic in their nature. If you've got a weak stomach, you may not want to look at the screens. We have those, John. And I'm going to show you some pictures of some people who... Uh, who have contracted leprosy and the effects of that.
This man right here is probably, uh, you know, a modern day representation. Looks like he maybe lives in India or something like that. And and uh, but he would be similar to this man that Jesus would have met along the way with an advanced case of leprosy. And you can imagine him sitting there and just beginning to, you know, cry out to Jesus like, I've heard about you. I've heard of the things that God is doing through you. Jesus, would you be willing to heal me? Go ahead, John. Leprosy, as you can probably imagine or have heard, is excruciatingly painful. Um, One who contracted leprosy because of the open sores, oftentimes they didn't even bathe because it was so painful to have those, just that that reaction on their, their skin that was just open. They were rejected even by their families. Leprosy was incredibly contagious. You could contract it through literally someone sneezing on you sneezing in your direction so you kept a very safe distance from anyone who had leprosy. This man, it likely um, no one had even touched him for, for years, could be. And yet, how does Jesus heal him? This man who's the untouched... There isn't anybody who's reaching for this man. No one. Everyone is doing exactly the opposite. Everyone's trying to get away from this guy. And it says Jesus reached out and he touched this man. And I don't know about you, but looking at these pictures... That's not something I would get too excited about just in my natural thinking. This kind of stuff preaches really good. You know? Well, like, oh, yeah, I, would, I could maybe totally kind of sort of do that, maybe. Yeah, nobody touched these people. These were the outcasts. These were the rejects. Nobody even got near these guys. But Jesus says, I want to. I am willing. Are you, Jesus, are you willing? Yes, I'm willing. After obviously viewing these pictures, we can understand how amazing this simple action of touch is. How powerful. Literally, Jesus is going to heal him with a touch. What are the things that keep us from simply reaching? What are the things that keep us from touching? Well, in this case, it would be the unbelievable odor. The unbelievable smell. 
Obviously, what you see is appalling. What you're hearing, maybe the, you know, the lips have, have started to fall off, the, the inability of this person to really articulate even speech. How about our own hurt? How about our own distractions in our, in our own life? Our own problems keep us from reaching and keep those people alone. I believe what Jesus is trying to help us do is to see a, this point of, of self-focus, of how, what, me reaching, me touching, what is this going to cost me? This is going to cost me incredible discomfort. What, what happens if I reach out and I touch this person, or I get so close that I smell them that I actually gag? Oh, I wouldn't want to do that to them. It was often the common sentiment of the day that a person who had leprosy, they actually deserved what they got. Because it was believed that this was judgment, this was the judgment of God on them. It was their sin that caused them. So they deserve this, so we should stay away. Let's, how about we, we isolate them so that they can, you know, really get it. They can really understand how God is so displeased with them. We have many leprous subgroups or categories in our culture, don't we? People that we don't want to touch. Homeless people, eh, they probably deserve it. Because they've screwed up their life. They're out there on the streets because they can't hold a job. Bummer for them. But you know what? They just need to get over themselves. In terms of the church, the homosexual community, people of a different sexual orientation, well, they're just, we're not going to reach out to them. We're not going to touch them. We welcome fornicators as long as they're heterosexual. But are we willing to reach beyond what we can just get through with our mind, get, get by with our mind and, and get past these different walls that we placed up? Because the culture in that day, they had put up those walls. Was it wise to stay clear of them? Of course, because you could contract it so much. But we put that on other subgroups and different people groups in our culture today. As the church, it's like you didn't reach out and touch those people because the holy and the unholy couldn't mix together. What an arrogant way to think that we are so holy that we can't reach beyond wherever we're at. And Jesus reaches. Hear me when I say this, that the, the different groups, like different ones who homosexuals are different ones, I'm, I'm not saying they're somehow leprous. I'm saying that's what we've created them to be. That's the way that we've seen them to be. And so we isolate them, we relegate them to a certain demographic like we would a poor person to the back row. 
Rich folk, oh yeah, we got a place for you up in the front row. Jesus was interested in restoring this man to his wife, to his children, to his community. Jesus was going to bring this psychological and emotional healing through other humans. He could heal his physical of what he was doing, and I'm sure Jesus did a lot more of just going to the external and on the outside. And he was healing him on the inside. But you know what? He was going to restore him to his community so that he could touch his wife again. Can you imagine coming up and knocking on the door? I don't know how many years it had been since they'd seen him last. Maybe from the hillside at a distance or something like that. And families would come and they would lay food out for their, their, ones, their different family members who had, who had received leprosy, but they had to stay away. Can you imagine that embrace? How healing that must have been. The inside. For them to be received again into a community, into a family. Oh my word. What I would have done. No touch. Can you imagine living without touch? If you live with touch, then it's difficult. We become familiar with it. Some of us can, though. We know it all too well. What might the leper have done to fill those lonely places in his life? Where would he go in his mind? First of all, notice that this man's restoration begins with Jesus. This was a resurrection from the dead. This man was dead to his family, his friends, and his community. This begins with our relationship with God receiving His love. We have no capacity to give. We have no capacity to reach, to touch, to love without Jesus. It first has to begin with us receiving God's love. If we don't receive something, we can't give anything. We have nothing to give. But the healing that would take place over time, Jesus would do this through His wife, His family, His village. Jesus works through you and me. Secondly, we experience this aspect of the lack of touch, this healing touch in our own families. Husbands and wives... Husbands and wives. Are we continually reaching out to one another? Little page from my own life. Lisa and I, you know, we get into a, you know, an argument or something. It's like the last thing you want to do is reach for the other person. 
like, you ticked me off so bad. And you guys are smiling because you know that's only happened with Lisa and I. (laughs) Interactions between parents and kids. It's like, oh man, they're making me do this. The last thing we want to do is reach. The last thing we want to do is touch. The last thing we want to do is reconcile. Because I am right. And we have this same, you know, viewpoint. It gets into this right and wrong game. Rather than the reaching, touching, loving, humility thing. This is the new thing that Jesus would bring. This is my new commandment, John 13, 34. That you love one another. He's breaking down this old thing of judging one another and He's bringing this new thing of love, of reaching and touching. How long has it been? Maybe in the context of husband and wife, since you've reached out to the other one. How how long has it been since you've reached out with, with kind words, with affection for one another? Are you letting days go by because of anger, because of offense, because of hurt? You see, Jesus was willing to reach. He was willing to touch. He was willing to love. Thoughtful actions. Affectionate words. We can create lepers in our own homes. We can have all these great ideas. Do you love that picture? This is our very own Chuck Crouch down at the Union Gospel Mission. Reaching, touching. It's very rare that I ever see Chuck interact with somebody that he doesn't reach out and touch them. Why? Because he's compelled by Jesus to do so. That's what Jesus did. We, we constantly ask him the question, what would Jesus do? We don't have to ask that question. All we have to do is look at what Jesus did. And then we just, we just do that. Reaching, touching, loving the lost, those that are at work, our our workplace, those that are in our neighborhoods, uh, all those things. We, we, we really talk a lot about, you know, reaching out to them and doing all that. We are isolated from one another in our own homes. Maybe in our own church though. In this community, in the, in our families, Christ Church United, whatever it is. We really think we're going to be able to reach anyone if we can't even reach within our own marriages, within our own families? Again, if we're not receiving that command of Jesus, He wasn't making a suggestion. If we can't receive that command, when Lisa hurts me, or maybe I'm just hurt, she doesn't even necessarily do it, I'm just, you know, it goes in sideways and I'm a little more sensitive that day. And I choose to take up. Offenses are never given. They're what? They're taken, aren't they? 
and reaching out, I I was wrong. I was wrong. And in my mind I'm thinking, I, she, she's totally wrong. That's not important. What's important is I recognize I'm wrong. Jesus will sort that out. Right now it's important that I recognize I'm wrong and that I reach and that I'm willing to touch and I'm willing to... It seems to me it always happens right as we're going to bed. Or before we're going to bed, you know, getting this thing and you're laying there in bed and you're just like, dang it, I know I have to reach over there and just, you know, touch her and say, oh, I was wrong, but I don't want to. So I create a leper right in my own marriage. 